out, man. We're here today to talk about our top three movies of 2021. Yep. And maybe the worst movie that we watched in 2021, which we will save for last. But before we get into that, Star Wars came out with the book of Boba Fett. The first episode started, started last night on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, this, uh, that, that's the Disney+. Plus. Eh? One Marvel, Marvel's turn now at Star Wars. Man, back to back. Mm. I just finished with Hawkeye as well. I was kind of relieved because I was, honestly, man, I just don't know if I could handle another <laughs> Marvel TV show. So it was good to see Book of Bubble Fit start last night and I was yeah. probably anticipating this first episode to come out for a while now. Yeah, I'm waiting for that Ahsoka. Mm. Yeah, I'm waiting for that one. That looks, that looks hell mean. Especially her appearance in The Mandalorian. Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> she just looks just like the character. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. So what did you think of the first episode? Because... It was pretty cool that they started the episode. This is going to be a spoiler, guys. But so the first yeah. episode, and uh, we get to see what happened after Boba Fett gets swallowed up by the Salak. Yeah, that was cool. That, eh? Remember that in Return of the Jedi? Jedi, yeah. When, when he flies off and he accidentally gets bumped eh? yeah, yeah, from Han Solo. Yeah, this fight ends up in the, the Salak. Yeah, the, <laughs> ends up getting... We get to see what happened and we there's a scene where we show him inside the Salak. And yeah. He's getting devoured or digested for a thousand years according to C-3PO if you remember that bit on Return of the Jedi how did that scene how did you feel seeing that scene yeah no it was it was pretty cool eh? that, that was a buzzy scene for me it was like oh okay you know this is oh going back to Return of the Jedi that's oh so that's how we escaped because obviously when you see him in the Mandalorian how did he, how did he escape the Sarlacc but yeah that was pretty cool and it's cool how we um how he comes up on the other side, because he, I think he ruptured through the side of the wall of the Salak, and he ends up coming up on the other end, trying to dig his way out. So that was, man, that's brutal. It's a good scene. I was a bit confused when I saw the Stormtrooper, the dead Stormtrooper, that he used, he used the air, oh, remember? And he was getting devoured too, because where did that Stormtrooper come from? Because I didn't think there were any Imperial forces and, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? So it must have been there for the longest time. True, true. Yeah, because he already started uh, decomposing too. Mm. Had all that green shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then, but yeah, he might have been. Yeah, yeah, true. He might have been there before that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> ah, right. Because there was two storylines. Eh, there's they were going, we were going to the past, how he escapes the Salak. Yeah. And then what happens to him after straight after that? Yeah. But then we also see him after his appearance on the Mandalorian. Yeah. What happens to him? So he's gone yeah. back to the Jabba the Hutt's base or, or castle or whatever that round thing is in the <laughs> desert and he sort of takes over his gang eh? yeah as the new crime lord i felt that was a bit cheesy eh? <laughs> especially when they're trying to talk about him trying to take be over. take over like being yeah. absorbed into jabba the hut's yeah, position was... and all the other mob bosses or crime lords have to come pray yeah, tribute. tribute yeah i thought that was kind of cheesy yeah i thought that was cheesy as well it was it, it was weird because it's just like uh okay he just comes out of nowhere and <laughs> takes over. And now he, now everyone else has to pay him tribute because he's the new crime lord, like he's part of the family or whatever. So I don't know how that's gonna work out. It might be more understandable after the season's finished, but I'm still up in the air with that storyline. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. So I was happy that the other storyline, you know, when you sketch from the side, like that storyline. Yeah, that was more grounded for it. Yeah, yeah. Because that was so cool. How it gets picked up by the um the sand people. Yeah. 
and he gets taken to their base tied up and he battles that big sand monster at the end. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was mean. Yeah. That was mean, but definitely we started starting to respect them too, eh? Those sand people. You can you can see it. Because I didn't realise that weapon he has on Mandalorian. Yeah, it's appearance. from them. It's, it's the same people's the same weapon, eh? Yeah, I, I noticed it when um, he got beaten up by the one with the long, yeah, the long dreaded hair. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's the same weapon he had in Mandalorian. So, he, had, he had one of those and uh, I think two. Yeah, can't remember. So it sort of explains how they accept him. Mm. He saves the boy. Eh? Yeah, yeah. He saved yeah. the the young one, and they sort of accept. Chopped him. that uh, monster's head off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'll be interesting to see the rest of that story un- unfold. How he. Mm. Obviously, he becomes one of them, eh? Or becomes like a associate of them, eh? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Looks like he becomes their part of their family, maybe. I thought as a whole, it didn't match up to the Mandalorian. Nah. So far. Nah, nah. You know, but nah. it was, it's kind of cool to see um, Timur Morrison. Morrison come back as that part. Yeah. It was good to see him in action. He'd be pretty, he moves pretty well for all followers. Haha, right. Fuzzy. Yeah, so... The Book of Boba Fett can't wait to, for episode two. You know, I'm I'm not feeling I'm not thinking Disney's decision to get these episodes out every week. Yeah, because it's it's crack up because I just finished watching now uh, the uh, Witcher season two because when uh, Netflix brings out their se- uh, seasons, they bring them all out. Yeah, they don't bring them one at a time. They have the binge thing, eh? Yeah, so you can. That's what I noticed. Check. I noticed that I think it was with one of the ah uh, the Mandalorian. Mm. And the first season and second season started coming out And they're bringing a series at a time every week I was like, oh, okay It's not like Netflix where they can just bring out the whole season Yeah, yeah The the whole binge-watching aspect of Netflix Is probably the reasons why it's a successful streaming service You know, you can actually do that Yeah, yeah You can actually binge-watch a whole series Like, remember when um, Daredevil came out? Like, yep. you just watch the whole thing Exactly. But the, the danger of that is that you you be confined to watching the next episode and next minute you spend the whole day watching the whole series <laughs> season, man. It's like that's the downfall. But hey, I think that's the way people want to watch these days, eh? Yeah. I don't know if they Disney did, but I don't know if this came out ages ago. But I've I finished I just finished binge watching uh, Dope Sick. Oh, Dope Sick, um, the medical yeah drama type on um Disney Plus. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it's, it's based on the true, the true story. So it's, man, I started watching it two days ago. Okay. It's an eight episode, each episode is one hour. Finished it in three days. <laughs> it, was so, it was so cool, man. <laughs> I love these um, true stories, eh? So it's about the um, opioid epidemic they got in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know how in New Zealand, when we have headaches and that, we have, we have Panadol? Yeah. Well, this pharmaceutical company in the States, they uh, make painkillers for intense pain. Okay. Like hospital, like morphine, yeah, yeah, those strong painkillers. Pain so they wanted to use their strong painkillers on everyday headaches, like how we use Panadol. Yeah, they wanted to use their one for that. What? But they try to disguise it as it's safe. You know, it's not addictive. Yeah, but but it is. But addictive. it is. But they just they just lied and they did everything to get past the FDA, like the how they have FDA when they approve certain medicines mm. to be sold to the public so they got away with that it was it was a dangerous medicine this is actually a drug holy shit just that one pill yeah it made people addictive and it made people get into harder drugs yeah but yeah so if your if your doctor described the medicine for you for your pain it will be that opioid it'll be it's called oxycodone oxycodone but what it was doing it was making people addictive 
causing people to to die if you took too much. But in order for them to sell more, they wanted to in- increase the dose because yeah. they hit the fact that it was dangerous. They didn't care. It's a good story. It's um, oh yeah, it's got Rosario Dawson in it. The um, she's the one that plays um, Ahsoka on um on on Mandalorian. It's got Michael Keaton on there. Yeah, yeah. As well. Yeah, I did see the trailer. I mm. saw him in there as well. I recommend that, man. Uh, that's a good watch. It's an interesting, oh, yeah. interesting watch. Yeah. Anything else you've been Yeah, been watching? I checked out. I finished off that uh, Hawkeye because they just finished it off just before. Was it Friday? Friday? Of, yeah, it might have been Friday, the last episode. Mm. So that was cool. They had the kingpin on the on the final, yeah, on the final episode. So he kind of flexed a little bit. So that was cool to see him in action. Yeah, he was good. That um, I forgot the actor's name, but man, he does a really good job of being the kingpin. How he gets really emotional with the other characters around him. I just like the way he acts. So that actor who plays kingpin, his name is Vincent D'Onofrio. Isn't that the guy that used to play dodgeball? I mean, not play, but in that movie Dodgeball. Is it? Is that the same actor, the comedian? Uh I'm not sure. But I, I must I, be thinking of someone else. But I know him from um, Full Metal Jacket. He's the guy that dies. He's that. Oh, that couldn't yeah. handle the um the training. Yeah, yeah, and that's he right. Commit suicide. He kills yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, that's just some buzzy shit. You're right. He's a good actor. And he plays Kingpin really well. Eh? Yeah, like, man, he's just that was like the best best part of the show. Reminds you hide out of the comic book. Exactly. Yeah, just like the comic book, especially with the uh, new scripts that you see in the games. It's almost similar. There's no difference. And then the way he fights in there too, it's almost it's just like in the comic book. He's just as strong. Yeah, so that was cool. Sweet man. Okay, now we're gonna come to our <laughs> 2021 movies, and we're gonna talk about our top three movies on 2021. But before we get into that, I just want to ask you, Eric, how did you find this year for movies and TV shows? What was your feel on the year? Because we had COVID lockdown, probably had more time to watch streaming. Yeah. And the whole thing about the movies being shut down and movies not coming out in the theaters and more streaming. Mm. How did 2021 go for you? I think during the COVID and stuff for the lockdown, you know, waiting to go out to the movies, you couldn't you couldn't do that, so that part sucked. But you also had this, you know, all the streaming like Netflix and of course Disney Plus was on my top two that I use a lot. I do use Neon, but not so much so these days. I think I joined of my uh, watching on the, just the streaming this year. There wasn't a whole lot of going out to movies. I think the latest movie, Spider-Man, was probably the first movie I've seen. At the cinemas in ages, I can't even remember what I watched in the beginning of the year at the cinemas, actually. There's a lot more good movies this year, I reckon, yeah. but I haven't had a chance to go and watch them. I don't know why, because they're on the streaming apps and that. Yeah. But yeah, I've noticed there's a lot more better movies, but I haven't just had a chance to just be fluctuated with all this other superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about what you saw on the... The new trailers coming out on social media? Or? Yeah, 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 social media and uh, YouTube, just, you know, yeah, just that. And you, like, the, um, there's one called The Green Knight, which I heard is pretty good. And I know, the, I, I I actually like the actor that's on there as well. So that's been one I've been wanting to check out, but I haven't, so. So he's the guy of Slumdog Mini, eh? He's the actor. Yeah, 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 it's the same, it's the same dude. I haven't watched many movies this year, so, yeah, it kind of sucks, a little. Just more TV shows, I reckon. Yeah, for me, I noticed a big change in the way Hollywood's doing their doing their movies. So now they're releasing movies at the same time as they're releasing on streaming services, especially yeah. of the HBO stuff. Like, I remember in the beginning of the year, I was 
hard out looking forward to watching the Sopranos movie, the Amazing Saints of, of New York. And, you know, I remember I was reading an article that David Chase was pissed off because HBO wanted to release it on, on the streaming servers, same time as, as the movie theater. But that wasn't his original in- intention to do. But that's been the way Hollywood's been doing it lately because of the pandemic, eh? Just worried about people not going to the movies, scared of COVID. Yeah. And because they've got their streaming services, like, I know Paramount Pictures, they've got their, their one, Paramount Plus. And they're releasing all their all their movies they release are going on Paramount Plus as well. Oh, really? And the same time that. as they go to the movie theaters. So, I think HBO is doing it too. Remember last year, Martin Scorsese's latest movie, The Irishman. It was the same thing for him. He was going to release. He wanted to release his movie at the theater three or four weeks before it comes out on on Netflix. So I think I think it's the way Hollywood's trying to deal with the pandemic. Okay. Did you see that thing with um with the Black Widow? When Disney Plus tried to stream the movie, they streamed the movie as soon as it was released at theatres, but the actors never got any part of the income from the streaming from Disney Plus. So they had their whole court case thing that they should... That was a Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, the Scarlett Johansson situation where they, she didn't think it was fair that they streamed and they got all that, all that money from streaming the Black Widow. During that week, because I remember at at a time they were doing there's some other movies during that time, and just after that, then they went back to releasing it in the theaters and then streaming it after. I was like, oh, it's just like if you don't go to the movies, how did where does the income for the movies come from? But obviously now that they got streaming, so the other thing was that movies were delaying the release of their movies, eh? Yeah. Like Double Seven, A Time to Kill. That, that was supposed to come out ages ago. Eh? <laughs> the trailer like, came out, like, what, last year? <laughs> yeah, they delayed it for a year, a eh? whole yeah. year, or year and a half, wasn't it? That? It took ages. Mm. Black Willow was one of them, too, mm. eh? that they delayed. Yeah. I think what you're going to see is a lot of these um, special effects movies you have to watch on big screen. Yeah, of course. Are going to be the ones left behind. Left behind as in the ones that are only going to be at the movies. If you're going to put on like a movie like, let's just say the movies are going to put them in my top three you won't want to watch those you won't you wouldn't really mind watching those on your tv at home yeah one of one of my one of my choices will be in that same situation too you wouldn't want to watch it on the big screen it'll be better enough if you just watch it on your regular tv <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i think in the future because of the streaming thing there'll be a lot of movies designed for the theater big screen and a lot, of, a lot of the normal films with no special effects, you know, the it's drama streaming. films, like you know, why would you want to go to the big screen for that? For I, I think it, unless it's something like Games of Thrones, I wouldn't mind seeing that on the big screen. But every single episode, damn. <laughs> Depends on the cinematography and yeah. special effects you're gonna get. See, with The Irishman, three hours of a mafia movie, I don't want to be sitting down on my ass in the movie theater for three hours, you know. That's the other thing too. Like I noticed that some of the movies. Especially when they do come out on the streaming um, devices, they are a lot more longer. Maybe because they're streaming that movie, I don't know. One of my choices, um, I might as well say it now, Justice League, the Snyder Cut is a four-hour movie, and I, I remember I think I watched it on Neon when the first because it, it, it just released out on all streaming devices. HBO Max was the other one as well, and that's a four-hour movie. You can't sit four hours. In the cinemas, they watch that. It's just too long. You need to walk around, <laughs> have a break, or have something to eat, have an actual meal, and then come back to it. 
So that, that's probably one of the perfect examples of during the epidemic and other things that were going around with that movie as well. Mm. Yeah, I really liked that movie, um, the, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Mm. I actually liked that better than Endgame and, yes. and Avengers. Yeah, of course. I agree. And I it was such an improvement, those extra hours... <laughs> because the original movie sucked, man. You can, you can, when you when you watch the four hour version, man, you wonder. I was wondering when I was watching it, man, should have just did this. Yeah, uh, well, because you know, but the whole story with it, with it was um, Zack Snyder. He had a family tragedy, so he had to leave the Stoner died or something. Yeah, so Josh Josh Wilder was the uh, script. I think was one of the writers, so he took over his uh, duties. That that was the first version we got. Was yeah, it was key. I think he took out some of the humor. Eh? He made the tone, or something like that. Yeah, he took the whole. Superman. He took everything out. Reminds me of the whole Superman two thing. When Superman two, did you hear about that? No. So they fired the original director, uh, Superman two. Yeah. And they cut a lot of it out. Is that the Christopher Reeve Superman? Yeah. So it was Richard Donner. He's the one that made. He did. He did Lethal Weapon. Yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. same director. So he's dead now. But he got fired for some reason, and they got another director to take over. Added some bits and to finish the movie but he made it like put a lot of humor in it that was kind of like cheesy so if you watch the director's cut the the richard donov director's cut of superman 2 it's a whole totally different movie oh and, shit. and to me it feels better than the original superman 2 and a lot of it's to do with him taking out all the humor oh so, true yeah, it does. where can you find it that, that version it's on plex go check out plex plex okay yeah There's, no that'll be interesting yeah man so 2021 for me I felt there was a lot of sci-fi movies, eh? Yeah, there was quite a few. Liam Neeson was back in a couple of movies this year. Um, Ice Road and uh, The Marksman. Fuck, you know... Did you see that one? Yeah, no, no, I haven't seen it. He just made something pop into my head right now. Mm. But you know the most annoying actor at the moment? Mr. Mm. Rock. Yeah. He's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's even in uh, Fortnite. (laughs) That guy's everywhere, man. Yeah, a lot of special effects movies. Free Guy. Infinite. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was strange. The Tomorrow War. Um, did you watch any of these? I never saw Tomorrow War. Infinite, I never watched. Tomorrow War. Is that the one with the guy from Jurassic Park? Chris mm. Pratt? Mm. Yeah, no, nah, I actually enjoyed that. That was quite... It reminded oh, me of... Yes. Um, I did see it. That's one of his daughter comes back. Comes, he meets yeah, the future meets, daughter. Eh? He uh, yeah. meets, uh, meets the daughter in the future. And that, fuck, that sucks. But uh, it reminded me of Battle Los Angeles almost. Oh, yeah. You know when the soldiers had to go against those aliens? It was a bit like that, kind of. Some of the scenes where they were shooting the aliens. A few funny ones, John Wick came out, eh? Three? The new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what was right. that last yep. year? No, it w- I think it was... Shit, I can't, can't remember, no. Okay, I think it was last year. My bad. Because nobody came out. Yeah, that was cool. That was probably one of the best action movies this year. Yeah, man, so... Let's get to our top three, eh? Before we start the top three, what, what are the reasons why you chose these three? You, the three movies you chose, like what were the reasons? What were some of the reasons behind your choice? It's actually when I was going down through the list of the movies that came out in twenty twenty one, and I found a lot of movies that, a lot of sci fi movies, and a lot of movies that to me had been done before, the storyline wise, and mm. nothing original stood out for me this year. Oh, true. Nothing original, and they all seemed the same. Maybe all seemed the same, or maybe a little bit different. So. Remember that zombie movie that came out when they were when they sealed off Las Vegas and they had to go in to get the money. 
Is that the, um, the Batista? Yeah, the Ami, ba- yeah oh, the ba- it's not the, the Army of Thieves. Ba- Batista. Army of Thieves is the prequel, I think. The lockpick guy. Yeah. Because that's a, another a Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For Netflix, eh? Yeah, yeah that was quite interesting. That that, but it's the same same thing. Yeah, it was an interesting take on the zombie. Yeah. Apocalyptic um, genre, but yeah, it was a different. It kinda, was yeah, yeah, it was different, but it was yeah, it was an interesting movie. Mm. Dave Bautista's not bad, not bad of an actor either. Yeah, so that's an example of what I felt this year was about. Like a lot of movies were the same, but not so much. Mm. If you know what I mean? They didn't drift away too far. Yeah, they just kept in the same realm. Yeah. So I think the movies that I chose stood out for me because they were different, and because they weren't what you expected. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be my perfect description for my number one movie for twenty twenty one. Oh, true. But I'll go down from the bottom up. So my number three is. Man, it better not be something out out the gate, bro. Because <laughs> I'm the typical, you know, watch movie. My list will be exact as expected. <laughs> You'll be like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But then you gotta convince me why. So my my number three movie was Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. Oh, ha- have you already watched that? Yeah. Oh. So that was on Netflix. Yeah. Just came out recently, a couple of weeks eh? I can't. Or a week. I can't do that. I can't watch something and like it yet. It takes me a while to digest the movie. But yeah, no, no. I've been I've been wanting to look at that. That looks funny ass. Yeah. So Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay. He was the one behind um, Anchorman movies. Ah, uh, yep, 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 yep. Well, is it Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah. I like his. I like his sense of humor. Really, <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah. So he he does a lot of political, humorous type of um, satire type films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's a funny guy. Like, mm. A lot of humor in his movies. And one of the serious ones was the movie about Dick Cheney called Vice. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. That was one of, and the one about the financial crisis, the big short. Sure, yeah, that's that's pretty out of it. That was awesome. also that's a good movie. So so this one, don't look up. It's a Netflix movie. You can see it right now. It's actually got a star-studded cast. So it's got Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tyler Perry, Mel Streep is in there, Jonah Hill, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande. Uh, <laughs> Ari- Ariana who? <laughs> you, know the, you know the singer? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, whoa Yeah, I, I found that it was an interesting movie Because of the the content So it's about, you know what it's about? It's about these two um, low-level astronomers Yeah, yeah That yeah. find uh, a comet in the sky And after doing their calculations They figure out that the comet is heading to Earth <laughs> And this comet is like 10 kilometers wide Yeah, so it has the, it has the chance of destroying the Earth, right? Yeah so they're, they're panicking, they get this news out to the, the president, who's played by Mel Streep, and the secretary is played by her son, who's John Hill. And they just completely, not ignore, but they've got their own crisis on their hands at the moment. Well, they're bringing the news. Their crisis is that their popularity, and they're losing votes, or they want to get votes. Oh, shit. You know, their popularity is more important than, than the news they're, they're going to bring. So they sort of, they brush it off. It's that scene itself when they're in the Oval Office and they're trying to tell the president what's happening. And Jonah Hill is there. He's like, oh, what school did you guys go to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to check their backgrounds. Michigan State. And like, <laughs> Michigan State? What? <laughs> he's like, oh. And they say, we could get our own scientists from Harvard and, uh, <laughs> and then, say all these other schools. Yeah. Oh, so it's all, it's all about um, how it's, it parallels what's going on. I think it's... Um, uh, 
it's a it's commentary on what's going on in the world with the global warming, how it's yep. a danger to humans, the earth and humans, and how society sort of their priorities are different. <laughs> yeah, they know yeah, exactly. there's danger, but they're so much worried about social media entertainment. Yep, yeah, yeah. So that's probably the hidden message in that in that movie. Yeah, exactly. So all for the movie, they're trying to give the message out. They're going yeah. to all these radio stations, all these, and everyone doesn't care. <laughs> like they're just worried about the like they go on this TV program, and Tyler Perry is on there. This TV program, but they're more interested in the entertainment of the TV program, <laughs> not the seriousness. Yeah, and they yeah. sort of like. Oh, they're crazy, sort of thing. So that's where the sense of humor comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's very clever. That's why I was when I was, when I saw the trailer, I I clicked on straight away. I was like, oh, I like that sense of humor. It appeals to me a lot. A lot. So yeah, is it? It was just a funny film to see that thing play out. It made me think: is this an American thing or is this everyone's thing? I think it's an American thing. How they are? Hey. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they got all their priorities around the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and it's all about um, all about getting the likes, the popularity, yeah. social media, entertainment. But there's a lot of documentaries out there about that too. The likes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Instagram or whatever, whatever platform they're on. Mm. Yeah, I thought that aspect of it was very interesting that they could make fun of what's going on using a, using a disaster, fictional disaster like a comet yeah. blowing up yeah, the earth. Yeah, yeah. And what's really funny is the end because you won't never expect it. You can see in the film, you can parallel everything that happens in the film in real life. The film is extreme vision of what's going on in real life. There's a funny character. He's like an Elon Musk sort of character. <laughs> he's got the answer to, to everything, like the t- technology part of it. But it, they, he's like a funny character because he talks like a real high voice. And he's real weird. And he's real respected by the by the president. And But he's weird. like a, He's like a cult leader. Like one of those... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's like a cult leader slash Elon Musk technology guy because he has a plan to collect the valuables in the comet. Like he says that the comet's got all these resources in the comet they can make cell phones. What? So we shouldn't blow up the comet. <laughs> we should we should blow up the comet when it's close to Earth so all the pieces can be directed to the water and we can collect all the pieces and get all the gold, all the, all the, minerals. All the minerals from the comet and, yeah, yeah. and make all these cell phones. And we can be the... <laughs> The best cell phone manufacturers in the world. What the hell? Yeah. So that's his plan. <laughs> so it's not, nothing to do with saving the earth and all that shit. <laughs> no, it's just about making money. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, a lot, a lot of it you can you can think about it and yeah, think, yeah, man, yeah, fuck, yeah. Dude, these motherfuckers, eh? these motherfuckers <laughs> in the world, they do think this. I know this movie's extreme, but it's you can see it happening. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my number three. <laughs> That's a good choice, actually. I've been wanting to watch that. It looks funny. <laughs> What's your number three? Um, might as well go with the Justice League, which we've already done. Okay. I'll put that as number three. <laughs> so, yeah, the director for that movie was uh, Zack Snyder. I think the first the first version that came out in 2017 was that one we were just talking about earlier, the stick one, and then we got the Snyder Cut, which was this this year, that which came out on uh, the um, streaming streaming platforms. I liked it because most of the movies that I choose are usually because I'm a very sensitive. I'm very, very sensitive to things. So certain movies can well take me for an emotional ride or I can actually picture myself in a different place on platform. So most of these movies, these three movies I chose 
because of that reason. But the Justice League, I chose it because I'm just a big fan of DC. And I loved the action on that Snyder Cut, so that was, it was a fucking awesome movie. And I enjoyed it a lot. Even though it was four hours long, I wasn't bored for the whole four hours. I still enjoyed the whole freaking movie. You're right about that, because I, I enjoyed the whole four hours too. It's like I never got bored. Even though I've seen the original version. Exactly. You still wanted to... You still, you still wanted, to, wanted to watch it. Yeah, and you didn't get bored. Only criticism I have for Zack Snyder, how he handled Justice League, is that he made it too dark, I felt. I think he was just coming off the back of Christopher Nolan's Batman, Dark Knight. Yeah. How da- how the tone was when it was dark in that. Yeah. And he used that tone on in the Snyder Cut. He used it in Men of Steel as well. Yeah. That, that sort of dark tone-ness to it. You see that too, like when you put um, the first version of the Justice League in the second, it's kind of darker. Even in the frames, it's 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 a lot darker. And it's more serious. So I think all the jokes in that... And the Snyder, like in the original Justice League, there's some there were some pranks or jokes in there. They took it out in the Snyder Cut, so it's just a completely different tone. Eh? Yeah, way different tone, yeah. more serious. I like the way how Snyder Cut handled the villain. So, um, Steppenwolf. Yeah, Steppenwolf. Yeah, he, he looked a lot better. Yeah, he looked a lot better, and his ending was a lot better, eh? Yeah, yeah. And and you get to see um, Dark Side at the end. I just want to add for the listeners, if you're thinking that, you know, DC is just copying all of Avengers or Thanos with Darkseid. No, 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 no. Darkseid came first First. in the comics. And it was from the same designer. So Jack Kirby, he drew Darkseid. And when he was working for DC, he drew Darkseid the way he is. And then when he left DC, worked for Marvel, Marvel wanted to have a villain like like Darkseid. So he he created Thanos. So he used the same template. Yeah, he just... Drew, drew him. But, you know, everyone knows Jack Kirby's style of drawing. So it's just his design helping Marvel do a villain like Darkseid. See, these are those, these are those things that I don't know because I'm not, I wasn't into the comic books back in the day, but you were. But yeah, those, those are the special, yeah, I didn't know that. But that's cool. But, you know, when they talk about the tone, the darkness of Zack Snyder's Justice League, you don't get that same tone in the Avengers. There's a lot of light colours. Yeah, it's really bright. It's bright. You know, there's a lot of humor, and there's a lot of colors too. So yeah. that's the Avengers because they're all different, right? Mm. Different characters, different characteristics, different uniforms. So a lot of that gets brought out in the Avengers. I, f- I feel like DC is just w- wants to jump on the success of the Dark Knight uh, movies. Just keep it real, keep the colors really turned down. Yeah, and th- I know Batman's like that. You know, yeah, but, he's super dark. But when it comes to the Justice League, you're involving all the other superheroes, Flash, yeah, yeah. Superman. Super, uh, Superman's not even blue. <laughs> you know, his costumes not even blue. Like, yeah, in the Snyder Cut, it's black, straight black. So that's pretty cool. That's got nothing to do with the story. I thought the storyline was really good. Yep. And the movie was really good. I, I'm talking about just the tone of it. You know, mm. they could have just made it too dark. Gave it its own identity. No, nevertheless, I still enjoyed that movie. But yeah, I even enjoyed the tone. I liked it. I mean, I, I don't know. If you think about it, just Zack Snyder, all his movies are like the same tone. Like even when you saw Watchmen, it's the same dark tone. Mm. Eh. Yeah, 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 yeah. True that. That was that movie. Yeah, that's crazy superhero movie too. Mm. That deserves to be dark. Um, a movie like Watchmen. We'll see. Yeah, I just hope. I just hope they bring another sequel to that and back that up. The Justice League, but. Because I think Zack Zack Snyder's moving away from DC, so I don't think he's going to continue. Mm. What did you think about the the Joker scene? I thought that that 
kind of for me they gave Jer- Jared Le- a letter. Is it Jared Leto? I reckon they gave his his Joker justice for that that um scene with Batman. See how close that Joker and Batman really are. The whole scene with him just busting uh, busting um Batman. Eh? Yeah, he can really twist his strings and pull his wires. I probably gave the audiences a little snippet of what's to come in Jan- Jared Leto's version of the Joker. Because mm. when he came out in Suicide Squad, oh, that was rather shit. That was that gay, was man. Get fear, man. <laughs> that <sighs> was uh, not a convincing Joker, man. Nah. That's, yeah. that, that in scene I reckon made up for it. It made me believe, oh, shit, this, guy, this guy's Joker's bad. So I was like, whoa, that's me. It's hard to come back from Dark Knight and... Mm, yeah, yeah. He fledges Joker. It's hard to. Nah, it's just hard to top that one. Yeah. Now the other, one of my other favorite scenes in that um, in the Justice League was that uh, the Flashpoint, with the Flash, because everybody's basically basically he missed his mark, right? So everybody gets wasted. They didn't have time to stop the whatever the the cubes were doing, and everything gets totally wasted. So the Flash runs as fast as he can, to make time go backwards and that's the first time i've seen that on cinema because i've seen it on the anime the two animated movies um the uh, apocalypse war with the justice league where basically flash at the end of that of that animated movie he runs back he runs as fast as as he can to rewind everything that's happened because most of the heroes are all dead so he does that in that movie and he does it again in uh, I think another animated movie as well, back in 2013, uh, called Flashpoint as well. And he does the same thing there too, but he's totally... So he tries to go back and fix it, but he makes it worse, which happened in the TV series. So that's how you get this all cameo, Earth-19, Earth-2, and Earth-15. Ah, uh, just gets confusing. So it was that was one of my favourite scenes in that movie, was just that Flashpoint. Because when I first saw it, I was like... Is he doing the flashpoint? <laughs> when I first saw it, when Is I saw when he running, running around in circles. Yeah, no, no. When, when he was running around in circles, I was like, "Oh, okay." But when he's he when he starts running towards the um, towards the center of where he was supposed to be, I was like, "Oh, it's just flashpoint." And then when he started running, everything everything started piecing back together. I was like, "Oh shit, this is bad." <laughs> uh, uh. I was like, "Whoa, that's mean." That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yours? Number three? Okay. Well, it's meant to be number two, but yeah, it's number three. <laughs> That's a good choice. I, I like that movie. My, my number two is from a first-time director. And a first film that she made this year. That came out recently as well. Um, Camille Griffin was the director of this movie called Silent Night. Oh, I've, I've seen the trailer for that. It looks quite... It's another funny... Sense of humor movie too. Yeah. I remember. I think I you got. I think you was. I think on the chat too. Mm. I saw you and Jack talking about it as well. Yeah. And I remember seeing the trailer for that. It looks pretty good. Yeah. So this is a um, this is a British movie, and it's labeled as a dark comedy, or black comedy, and I love black comedies. Ever since um, the Coen Brothers make their movies, mm. and ever since Fargo, I just love those type of movies oh, okay, okay. and this one has got a lot of British flavour to it so if you love because I remember when I was young my parents they always loved those those British sitcoms oh okay and you know all that kind of stuff and um, it's funny to them so that kind of humour but in the in the modern sort of way so 
Okay, so Silent Night stars Kira Knightley and Robin Griffin Davis, who is the kid that's on Jojo Rabbit, the Taika Waititi movie. It also stars Matthew Good and Lily Rose Depp, who is Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, really? And Shop Bear Derisu. He's the black dude that's on Gangs of London. Did you ever watch that TV series? Uh, I watched I watched one of the series. One of the episodes where um, they're shooting down the house and they're trying to get in there, but I, don't, I can't remember the end of, of that episode. This is as much as I've, I've watched. It's pretty br- brutal. Yeah. Pretty violent. Yeah, it's, it's made by the same guy that did The Raid. Oh, okay. Have oh, wow. you seen The Raid? Yeah, I've seen The Raid. That's like two different, it's way two different types of movies. It is, but the action is the same. He's yeah. That guy's into Kung Fu, eh? Like oh, on, martial arts. On, on martial arts in the raid. Yeah. And it's a similar type of fight scenes that are on Gangs of London. Oh, okay, okay. So what this film is about, it's about, it's it's pretty cool because you, you never know what it's really about. You just get clues along the way and then you sort of figure it out all for yourself. Uh, if so you know what I mean? It lets, lets you decide for, for yourself kind of thing. Well, for me, it makes me decide it right at the end what the thing is about. But the movie's about, it's Christmas, right? And this family invited all their friends from the past to come over and have Christmas. And they all come and they have a, a, a Christmas get-together. The funny part is that the kids, all the kids come and they're like swearing at each other. But the parents that don't mind, they're swearing at the kids too. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Like, it's weird. And they're all open with each other. How they're, open? Like, open. Because they're friends from a long time. Uh, they're okay. bringing up stuff from the past. Yeah. And they're, and they're trying to resolve stuff. Oh, shit. And you're wondering... Because it was real serious stuff, right? Mm. Like, I slept with this, I slept with you, I loved you back in the day. <laughs> all, all their husbands there, that, that kind of thing. But you're wondering, what the hell, why, why are they doing this? Like, And then further down the movie you go, you realise why, what's happening. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You realise what's going on. So what's going on is that there's like a, a event happening in, in the earth where everybody's going to die from a storm. Uh, okay. Yeah. So a storm is, is going around the earth and if you breathe in the air from the storm... You're going to die a horrible death. So what happens is that, and the solution is that all the governments of the world are giving them, the, giving the citizens a pill to swallow so they die instantly, so they don't have to suffer. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So there's, uh, all right, all right. Yeah. So. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. So what, what's happening is that, another thing is the homeless aren't getting it. Homeless aren't allowed the pill. And people who are not citizens are allowed the pill. So if only if you're a citizen of England, of the UK, then you get the pill, right? Yeah, yeah, I figured that much when I saw the trailer. Yeah. Like, okay. So you, you realise why they're telling the truths and all that, all the truths <laughs> yeah, are coming yeah. out and they're sort of like reconciling their past and that. And then you get Sophie, who's played by Johnny Depp's daughter. She's pregnant, so she has second thoughts of taking the pill. Oh, true. So what this party's all about is for them to all get together, have their last dinner, and all take the pill at once. And then all... Yeah, yeah. Die. There's a kid His name's Arts Who's played by by Roman Davis He's the guy that played Jojo Rabbit mm. He has second thoughts too Because he's concerned that Why is the government Not giving it to the Homeless people Like if he's, he starts To feel sorry for them Oh uh, you know? okay. And what, what if it's all a lie You know nothing yeah, happened yeah, What if the government's Telling us shit <laughs> Yeah So he sort of gets angry And escapes right He runs and they try, try to look for him He ends up Going down the driveway And he sees a car Parked across the road And he goes to the car And there's a dead uh, Family in the car and they've taken a pill. Oh, shit. Yeah. But a bit of the smoke comes, storm comes, or just a little bit of it, yep. and get he gets exposed to it. And he screams, and then the, the dad finds him, picks him up, takes him home. And when they put him down, they see this blood coming out of his nose. 
Oh shit! And if they think he's dead, and they you know he's dead from the being exposed. Yeah, to the gas. Yeah. So then they all take the pill and all that. Oh shit! Yeah, that, that's how the, how the film ends. But the film doesn't end like that because the boy wakes up and then it goes cuts to black. Oh damn! And then that's the end of the movie. Let you decide. Yeah. The ending yourself. So the reason why why I like this movie is because it was really funny. It's really comical about all these characters that come together and they talk about the past and, you know, they argue and it's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conversations they have. But then in the background you've got this thing of, hey, you guys are all going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the ending when the boy wakes up, you know, after everyone's dead, taking the pill. Because he never took the pill because they think he's dead, so they never gave him the pill. Mm. Yeah. You think, okay, was, was he right? Was there lies? Or does he wake up to be a zombie? And is this how the zombie apocalypse starts? Oh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. Does you left up to your imagination. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? Oh, man, don't want to dive down that hole too much, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the other thing that got me was, that's exactly what we're facing in real life, listening to the government. Mm. The government has <laughs> told everyone the best way forward, the best way we understand is to take this pill and die. Don't suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, government, we'll do what we say. When... Really? Is that the only way? You can't come up with... And that reminds me of this pandemic we're in now. Like, our government's telling us to, you know, take the vaccine, do this, or you can't go anywhere else. We're we're, we're, we're actually listening to them. But what if they're wrong? You know, what if there is another way? Mm. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm vaccinated, I don't know. So, I'm allowed to go to all the restaurants and that, but... But at the same time, you're thinking, you know, this is the extreme vision of what's happening now, right? Yeah, yeah. The it's government, pushed up to another level. The government's telling you to, everyone, you got to take this pill. This is the only way. This is the only answer. We know everything. Listen to us. Do you? The boy just woke up at the end. Damn. Were you right or were you wrong? Is he a, is he a zombie or is he not? Is he just recovered? Immune to the gas, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's probably only the one of the few. But you know, the question, but the thing is, is there is was there another way, without going to the extreme? Yeah, exactly. But it's clever how they make movies like that to make you think. You you have to f- try to find the ending yourself. It's just pretty cool. I like this kind of movies too. So anyway, I just told you what the ending <coughs> was. Uh, yeah, well, was spoiler, right? <laughs> I kind of I kind of fic- I kind of worked that out. Like seeing the plot, I hate those movies where I, I see the trailer and then I've kind of depicted the whole movie kind of thing. So. Ah, I'll see it eventually, but I kind of know what's going to happen. Sweet, that was my number three. Yeah, my, is it my number three or my number two? Oh, that, sorry, that was my number two. Yeah, I think I think this is my number two, which is a really odd movie. I think I, I heard you guys talking about this movie on the chat as well. And I thought, oh, okay, I might go check it out. So it's, um, this movie I picked up was called Pig by Nicolas Cage. The I didn't know what I was getting in for. What made this movie really think for me was because I had no idea what the movie was about. And I think that made it better. It made it made viewing that movie way way better than, than I expected. Because there were some parts of the movie where I was watching it. I was like, where the fuck? What's going on here? <laughs> I, was, I was like, shit, do I have to turn this shit off? <laughs> is, he gonna, is shit going to get weird? Or? So yeah, no, it was... But as the more and more I watched it, I was like, "Whoa, this is a me movie! Like this, this is a pretty cool movie." 
So the pig is directed by by Michael Sonoski, I think it is. So just that name sounds familiar. Sounds like yeah. Well, that, that was his first movie. Too. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw some of the um when I was checking out the making for it. It was quite busy, and he was talking about how they had a low ass budget, and um he was just trying to get one scene right. If he could get that one scene right, then the whole movie would have been okay. Yeah. So that was pretty busy. So um, the actor in this movie is Nicolas Cage, and um, this tell you the truth, that's the best performance I've seen him do really? in fucking ages. I mean, I'm used to seeing him in this action like Face Off, yeah. but um, what was that cheesy ass one that he did that he's in the prison? Conia? Yeah. Fuck, that was the cheesiest movie of that guy I've ever seen. Uh, it, he'll be running down the down the footpath, and they'll have that background music, you know, yeah. like an entourage. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? He's just running down the footpath, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> or jumping like two minutes in the air and then the music starts again. I was like, oh, man. I couldn't watch that whole movie, Connie. I know what you mean because, you know, movies like Face Off, all his action stuff. Yeah, it was all action stuff. Does that, that tell time. you how diverse he is as an actor? Yeah, it does. Or does it tell you maybe he's been doing action too many action movies? He's put, putting you off. Because I really liked him in Leaving Las Vegas. I think that movie... Is his acting in that movie, Leaving Las Vegas, is phenomenal. I can't say that I can recall that movie. I did, I've seen, I can remember, yeah, I don't think I've watched it properly. Leaving Las Vegas. Was that a restricted 18? It's like really dramatic. So, so Leaving Las Vegas is about him. He's the press guy. He lost his job, lost his wife, and he's oh. depressed, and he, and he says to himself, I'm going to drink myself to death. And he meets a prostitute, Elizabeth Shue. Yep. And I think they they just hang out. But I think she, she's interested in him, other than, you know, being a prostitute. <coughs> but he gives her one ultimatum. Don't stop him from drinking alcohol. Oh, shit. Yeah. The whole movie is just about him. Just getting dr- drunk. Drinking himself to death. Shit. Yeah. Ugh. Probably that's why it didn't appeal to me. <laughs> <laughs> but his acting in that movie is, is cool, man. He's, he's the man. Yeah, no, I think like what you were saying earlier about him acting in action movies, I think that time, that period, was the time for action movies for him. Because there was action movies coming left, right and centre for that guy. He had The Rock, was another one, with uh, Sean Connery. That was alright, but you know, he had all the glamour, just like Conair, same sort of thing, but different different storyline. So it was interesting when I watched this pick, because I thought it was going to be the same kind of thing. The same kind of story. Oh, okay, this might be an action movie, but it's no, nah, no, nah, it wasn't. It's not an action movie. It's more of a drama type movie. I know what you mean because play that to be like a John Wick's uh, thing. Yeah, you know how John Wick loses um, the bad guys kill his dog. Yeah, and, and he wants revenge. I, I've well, no, I know they in the reviews too. Yeah. A lot of people see that, and and you feel thought it was gonna be another action movie, but it was, really is not. And I did too. And I I watched the trailer. And I thought, man, this is different. This is not a Wick, John Wick, not an action movie, but it really isn't, eh? No, nah, no, nah, it's not. It's pretty cool. Um, so the whole the whole movie is about him trying to find his um, because he has a, a truffle hunter pig, and these truffles they're quite expensive, especially in the res- restaurant business. So he has a truffle hunter pig, and it gets kidnapped, and then he goes back to where where he because he's living in the wilderness. <laughs> pretty much in the cabin I thought it, you know to tell you the truth when I first saw that when he was living in the wilderness with the pig I thought it was going to be some freaky shit <laughs> I was like fuck better not be one of those sick ass movies man oh, I'm turning this shit off <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but as long 
you know, when the movie went on and on and on, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Because then you start seeing, oh, truffles. All right. There's a truffle hunter pig. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, okay, he sells them off. I was going, fuck, I thought he was going to do something weird to the pig. Like, fuck the pig, doesn't it? I don't know, man. Because, <laughs> you know, you watch those kind of movies and you oh, fuck, turn it off. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit, man. But no, it was, um, yeah, so that's how the movie starts. And then he starts getting back to... Because the other thing, too, is I didn't know who the character was. So it was like, what, is this guy just, you know, looking for truffles? And that's... But then he's, when he goes back home, or where he's originally from, you start to see that people pay him respect. And it's like, oh, shit, this guy must be a, like an assassin or something. That's what I thought. And then, oh, no, it's not that. And you kind of figure out, oh, he was a chef back in the day. So he's, he used to cook food at a, like a, at a high level. And then um, one of the scenes, one of my favorite scenes is when he goes into the restaurant. And he's, um, and uh, he, and this lady's uh, describing the meal to him. Of all these, he's giving all this glamorous stuff and it's all covered in smoke. And then she opens it up and all the smoke is, like the vapors are released. And he just picks up the, one of the food items on the dish, puts them in his mouth. And he goes, I want to see the, the head chef. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings out the head chef. And then um, you realize that the head chef is one of the guys that used to work for him, but he fired him. But he asked him, what did you, what did you say to me when I fired you that you wanted to do? And the guy's trying to, you know, trying to sidestep the question because he feels uncomfortable. Because it looks like apparently where he is, the guy, the chef, that he's not where he wants to be. And Nicolas Cage knows that too. The character knows that, that he's not where he wants to be. He's trying to tell him, hey, don't give a damn about any of these people. Just do what you want to do. Basically, that's what he's trying to say. That scene for me was awesome. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's the man. Bro, that was my favorite scene in that movie, man. Oh, really? Yeah, that was. <laughs> Put things into perspective when you was explaining it to me. Yeah, yeah. So he actually, when you fired him, he actually told him. Because it's funny because when he came, yeah, he knew who he was. Yeah, exactly. And, and that chef, Derek Finlay, he knew... He thought that he didn't rem- didn't remember. Yeah, but he remembered everything what he said. Yeah, when I fired you, I asked you what do you want to do, mm. and he told me, and you told me you wanted to own an English pub. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And he was kept on what, asking him what was on this meal, eh? Yeah, what was your signature dish? For, yeah, and he told, and he said, eh? Yeah, he he just said it straight away. He, he said didn't it straight think away. About it. Yeah, he didn't think about it. He was just like think, he said it, and then he was just like he looked really agitated. I was like, damn. And then he and then Nicholas Cage was like. See all the shit that we make? <laughs> it it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, no, it's nothing. Mm. It's not real. All these people, what they want, it's not real. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not real. Like, you're, like that was so cool to me. Because that kind of fine dining, you know. Yeah. Well, what are you doing it for? He was that practically asking them, what, what are you doing this for? Is yeah. this for you? Or are you doing it for the people? Like, the pe- these people don't care about you. They don't, they don't give a fuck about you. Like when you t- when they fired you, you told me what you wanted to do, and anybody that that remember that chef, he said, "Oh, people don't want a people don't want a pub. That's like you know, yeah. But it's not about what the people want, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's about what he wanted. What, to do. what do you want? That that was a pretty cool moment. I thought, yeah, shit, yeah, that was a powerful scene. That one. I saw like, oh man, so I invested more time in watching that movie because what even made it more powerful is that whatever Nicolas Cage's character was in the past. Mm. 
He was the most respected chef ever. Eh? He was yeah. the man. Eh? Yeah, well, you see that with the other characters that you know that interact with him. They're like, oh, he's like the the man. Don't don't fuck with that guy, <laughs> kind of thing. So that was sort of like his power. If John Wick's power was the guns and his martial arts, yeah, his well, power was the kitchen. His power was what he was before. Yeah, the frying pans <laughs> and how much of a man he was in the chef in the restaurant industry. Yeah, yeah hard up, everyone bro. looked up to him. Like the he was like the Top ultimate. Watch. Chef, eh? That's the thing that confused me. Like when I when I finally saw that scene, and then as you go, as you go along, and you watch the movie further, you go, "Wait, can he just go back, get out of the wilderness, and go back to you know, and make what he wants to make?" But it looks like because of the tragedy that happens in the movie, I think his his wife, no, his wife uh, passes away, so uh, he's probably just just still things that he's co- conflicted with. Mm. But um, that was like. Man, I was jumping up and down with that character, and I was like, bro, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Go back and cook. <laughs> Go make some food, man. Shit. Oh, man. <laughs> the thing I got from that movie was that this is a story about how do people deal with grief. Yeah, yeah. Because if you think about the three main characters, so Rob Feld, he's the chef that Nicholas Cage plays. Then you got Amir, who's the young boy that he deals... Yeah, the truffles too. Truffles too. Yeah. He's and got a tragedy himself. Yeah, that's right. Because his 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 mother committed suicide, but she didn't die. But they kept them all, kept her on life support. Mm. So the father, who's the other restaurant guy, because the because the son was angry at his father for not leaning for the trouble they had, not letting his mom turn off the machine. Remember, she's on the machine at the hospital. Yeah, and he he refused to turn it off. So the his son is angry at that. So his son goes into business for himself, starts selling ingredients that rival to his, his father's business. So they're in they're in competition with each other. Yeah. And the father's angry because his wife committed suicide. So he's feeling guilt that why is she doing this? Yeah. So he's feeling grief. Nicholas Cage is feeling grief because his his wife died. Yeah. So he can't handle being a chef anymore. He wants to go live by himself in the wilderness. So these are characters that haven't really solved their their problems come to terms with their grief and how to overcome it so they've made themselves like these all three of them have put a wall up mm, yeah, yeah yeah you're really right about that and nicholas's cage's character is more like the try to hey this is how you get through it this is probably one option this is how you can do it of getting over that grief well his intentions are to find this pig yeah because all the love he's had on his wife that passed away was towards the pig he's put it to the pig yeah so you know that was a the love for his wife transferred to the pig. Mm. Not saying that they did anything. No, 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 was, yeah. But that's where I thought it was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why he was adamant to get the pig back. Yeah, he had to go into town. But in doing so, he's touched the lives again of of the son. Yeah, coming into town and showing him those lessons when they yeah. went to that restaurant and the son was exposed to that lesson of what he felt with the food and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how. Searching for the pig led to his father, which he went to visit, and knowing that his father and said that he was so happy, so much happy when he used to go to his restaurant, he made that quail dish. Yeah, yeah. Him and his right. wife used to go there, yeah. and every time they had the, his dish, they were so happy. Yeah. So the best moments came after that meal. Meal. Right. So they made the the dish yeah. for him. And remember when he ate the quail? He just remembered. Yeah. His wife and yeah. what it was like back then when they were happy. Happy, yeah. Yeah. So then, then, and then he broke down and cried. Eh? Yeah, any dish that can do that, man, he's good. The man's, he's the man. Yeah, and then told him that the pig died. Yeah, 
<laughs> Which was sad. <laughs> I was hoping he'll get his pick back, but yeah. But that was closure for him. So at the end of the movie, he just goes back home. I think that was closure for all of them too, eh? Mm. Yeah, it's it's an out of it movie, eh? Because even the wine, remember the wine? The wine that they was the wine that his, the wine that he had served at the restaurant when the dad and the and the wife and the wife had he, he still had the bottle. Oh really? And it was that it was stored at the um at the grave, at the oh, wife's grave. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember when the son went? He told yeah. him to go get the bottle of wine, because that was the same wine that was served to them when they were eating that that dish. Shit. That's why the dad ate the quail. Remember? Oh man, that's nice. And but we had the wine to wine. go with it. Yeah, it just matched. Just, and he rem- remembered the whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pushed him over the edge. Pushed him over the edge, man. And he broke down and cried. Oh, so shit. the power of the of this shit. Yeah, I don't. I think all Nicolas Cage wanted was to know what happened to his pig. Yeah. So it went to all this, these things that happened. It touched all these people. Mm. Right? And at the end, to get the answer of the old man, he had to serve that dish. Instead of beating them up. Yeah. You know? He gave him a dish to remember. Yeah. And so he broke down crying and then told him what the happened to the pig. So that's what he wanted. But in doing so, he touched their lives again and yeah, sort of bring closure, closure into their their grief. That's the thing that made that movie so cool because there was no violence. I mean, there was violence in it, but not like the intended violence that we're all used to. You know, we, someone takes something, you you expect the other person to beat the other person up, but not this guy. It was totally different. Tell you a different movie. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much because I still can recall it, because it's really vivid. I was like, wow. Yeah, because I, I man, I love I love movies about food. Eh? Yeah, me too. I love I love food movies, and this was another one. Yeah, I like that movie Chef that came out. Yeah, last year yeah, that, with John um, Favreau. Yeah, that was cool. Going around in the food truck. The truck. Yeah, that was awesome. That was mean. I I think I watched it the first time this year sometime. I was on Sky oh, okay. or something. Yeah. And actually watched sat down and watched it. I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. And the son's doing all the so- social media stuff on the on his phone. I was like, Oh damn. It's a good movie. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Pig Pig was actually my number one. Oh really? Yeah, that was my number oh, one. Oh shit, sorry, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, good that we talked about. Because I, I remember you guys were talking about it and I was like, What are you guys talking about Pig for? What's this? So I, when I decided to have a look at it, I was like, Whoa. And like how many It's been how many months later And it's like Whoa Still wow Yeah Exactly Yeah I, I, lo- I love that movie When I watched it man That was And it was cool to Not be Exposed to John Wick's Son Styles Yeah Like you thought it would be Yeah yeah You, know, was, yeah. you, know. you had this sort of Oh this is how it's gonna end Yeah But then When you actually watch the movie It's like Oh no It's mm. taking a 360 Yeah I guess I love the um, Whole I'm, I'm fascinated with People that are other people look up to stories about people that's on top of their or were on top of their game mm. or people that were a legend on a certain thing yeah whatever whatever it may be maybe it was Clint Eastwood in his um his western movies yeah the yeah. man of no name someone like that a character like that yeah or on Unforgiven when you know he was the man yeah. back in the days but he's old but he still got it and then you know Nicolas Cage playing the same he was a legend back in the day and he's come back yeah. He's the man. But yeah, man, Pig was my number one, bro. Oh, true. That was my number one movie for 2021. What was your number one movie? So my number one was June. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the sci-fi. Because I'm into sci-fi as well. Like uh, Lost in Space with uh, the latest uh, Netflix installment of the Robinsons. Mm. Lost in Space. So you just did season... Shit, season three? I think it's season three. Well, the latest season anyway. 
So I binge watched the shit out of that. That was pretty cool. So um, I chose Dune because the just the whole visual, the visual effects, like it was on, plus the sound. The sound was on too with the visual. It made you, it made me feel like I was actually there. I was like, and like I was like, probably watching that whole movie. I was like, wow. And this was at home, because oh, because yeah. um, I couldn't we couldn't go to the cinemas at that point because the something we were all in quarantine. So I'm I'm deciding to go to watch this Dune when I get a chance to watch it at the cinemas. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed it a lot. Now um, that's the reason why I chose it because it's just the visual effects and the sound were on point. Um, so the movie itself is actually from an author from the 1960s, Frank uh, Herbert, that actually wrote the story. And to write a story like this is pretty... It's almost similar to Star Wars, almost. So you can see where George Lucas got some of the influences from Star Wars, from, from Dune, because you see the sandworm is kind of similar to the Silac and the desert plains of Tatooine is kind of all the same. So I kind of saw that at, um, you know straight off the bat, but the story... The story with the the families and that and this um Dune is really complex. There's a lot of things that I don't really understand about the movie. What's going on? But because uh, it, it was cool watching the, some of the like some of the transport um systems that they had in the movie, where there's one that's like a dragonfly. Because uh, the director um, De- Denny Denny Villeneuve, I think is how you pronounce it, because he didn't want to drive the attention away towards certain things on the screen so he wanted to make them as familiar as he could so that mosquito transport spaceship that they were using in the desert he kind of made it similar to a helicopter even the sound of it they didn't use the sound of a helicopter i think they used the sound of an insect but they changed the um oh however you change sound on the on the on the audio and you it took him ages to find the right sound for what he wanted for that for that um ship even the way it looked and the way that it brought up the dust, so that they used a lot of um, visual uh, visual effects by um, using the whole like a lot, of, a lot of sand was used in the scenes, and then they if they wanted more sand they would use CGI to uh, just add around around the entire scene, but you don't notice that until probably if you watch it a second time and I've probably watched it three times. <laughs> That's how much I enjoyed it. So Zendaya, Zendaya is in there. So she's like straight off from Spider-Man. I mean, from Dune to Spider-Man. You don't see her character that much. She comes in towards the end of the movie. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. He's the main character of Atreides. I remember seeing it back in the day. The guy's running around with the blue eyes in the desert. I, I didn't quite understand. I was like, what the hell? Go back to Star Wars. <laughs> so I started watching that. But um, after watching this, this version of the, um, Dune, I really want to invest more time in getting to know the movie. So basically, it's about spice. It's like this main ingredient on this planet, Arrakis. So, and all these, um, it looks like all these families want a piece of, of the spice because it's the most valuable element in the universe. It gives them special abilities. And they use it for teleportation, eh? Yeah, as well, yeah. Like yeah. They use it for the transport systems trans- as yeah, well. Yeah, and space, eh? So yeah. they can you know, travel fast distances. So it's a main ingredient for everything that they do. And it's quite dangerous to mine this spice because of the um, the natural like the the worms in it, the giant worms they have on the planet. They actually roam the planet around. So that's basically the main story storyline of it. But 
around that there's heaps of um you see the the main family it's more like um like a government right there's somebody on top and they fear one of the families on the lower ranks i think the atreides family is more of a threat to the to who's whoever's actually in charge and i think from the sales that they do from that spice they you know they actually get rich because you see the the guys the family before i think the harkums or Hawkins, I think it's pronounced. They leave the planet, you know, so the Atreides family can can start doing business there. But these two families have a grievance with each other, and it's been for over like ages. It's been up for a long time, so things are not still settled with them. But the higher ranks know this, and in some way they use that to play a way of getting rid of the Atreides family branch. Oh yeah. So they're trying to take them out because they're they're a threat to them. Because they could be as big as them. So that's basically what the story is. It's really complex, but it's kind of simple when you watch it. That's what I got from watching the, the so whole there's movie. Lo- there's a lot of politics going on. Yeah. In, in there's space around there, around Dune. It's weird because you don't see a lot of... You kind of understand the little pieces of it, but you don't... It's not... doesn't oversaturate the movie because it's just... There's too many visuals. And especially with the scenes with... Um, there was one scene where, where they're actually mining the, the spice... And something goes with the with the mining equipment, and the and they try and divert the worm to go somewhere else, but it ends up coming towards the mining, the mining uh, vehicle. And there's one scene where they they're flying in the aircraft, and you don't re- realize how big the worm is until you see it chewing up the whole machine. And they're flying above it in that little mosquito thing on the, on the side, and they're looking down. It's like it's probably as big as probably a whole block. It's like massive, and so the scale of the some of the scenes on that movie is. Fuck, it's impressive. Mm, I felt that when I was watching it on my TV screen. Yeah, I, I thought, man, this a movie that should be watched in the movie theaters. Yeah, exactly. Or exactly. IMAX. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's designed for that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's yeah. A, one of the probably the one of the movies that can't, it's not designed for TV watching at home. And then that's going back to what I said before in the beginning of this podcast. How I think that's where Hollywood is trying to go, like design movies specifically for the movie theater. Because I think nobody's going to go to the movies all the time now. No. You know, there's certain movies that you can watch at home. You don't need to big screen for. And there's certain movies you, you probably need to go watch big screen for to get the whole experience of it, movie experience. And mm. I think I think in the future, that's what you're going to see in the movie theaters reduced to those sort of movies from now on. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right too because with Marvel putting a lot of, I mean, Disney Plus putting a lot of TV series out there and then they come out with a big blockbusters movies on for the big screen. So yeah, that's kind of the recipe they're doing at the moment, and it's working. Yeah, I watched Dune, and I thought, man, I was so confused the first half an hour. Really? I was so confused. I didn't keep quite keep up with the the storyline, politics that was going on, or the yeah. different houses and the different people. And the, it, it wasn't until the time when I got really got into it when they went to go see the spice, and they weren't the first worm comes. That yeah, was, that was yeah. awesome, man. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah. And from then on, the movie was good for me to watch. Yeah. I felt that at the end bit. When they're here to fight, mm. to be accepted into the tribe, tribe, yeah, they was with. Because I recently watched Lawrence of Arabia, and this is exact, <laughs> and this is exactly the same kind of scene in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, when when there was a a crime that happened within with two of the tribes, and so the punishment is death, and he had to, and he took the gun and he said, "I'll do it yeah, to make yeah. peace," because he's a he's a neutral guy. So he did it, and when he found out who it was, it was his friend. Yeah. So he had to kill his friend, but that moment of violence, like to be part of the tribe, just reminded me of that scene at the end of Dune. Dune, yeah, yeah, when he had to fight the guy. Yeah, because yeah, 
there's another there's another thing in the movie too where the um there's the the voice the power that the mother has I think like from her cult or whatever it is I thought that was this that was pretty neat then because I was watching uh, how they did how they got some of the sounds for Dune as well and it was I think it was like a 20 minute video on YouTube and they're going that they actually went to the desert and put microphones in the desert and run around on the desert or do sliding motions on the desert, you know, trying to get some sound for what they can use on the movies. Like, oh, wow, shit. Cool. Yeah. Do you remember the original Dune movie in 84? Nah, that's the one I was telling you. Bro. Like, I didn't know what was going on with the guys with the blue eyes. And I just went back to Star Wars. <laughs> Man, I, I still remember the cover, though, at the video store. Really? Yeah. And I always wanted to get it, but then I thought, nah, I don't know why. Maybe I wasn't a movie to watch, but... I don't know. David Lynch directed it, so the actors they come on do that doing. David Lynch always uses the same actors for all his movies. So Kyle McLaughlin, the blue eyes guy. Yeah, yeah. Virginia Madsen, like oh, true. But those two are always on those David Lynch movies. But he's a weird. His movies are weird, like Blue Velvet. He's the director that did um that TV show, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay, okay. You know how weird that is. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's, he's it's that like type of movie. He's like an art. Adi Fadi type of movie. Mahalan Falls. Man, speaking of directors, the one that did the latest tune, uh, Denny Villeneuve. Because I, I had a... I didn't realise he did the Blade Runner as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I got the similar feeling from watching that movie to what you're doing as well. But like I was in another place. I was like, oh, okay. I'll keep an eye on this uh, director and see what else he comes up with. And he did Sicario as well. Oh yeah, which is like wow, that's okay, that's different. And the arrival, I mean arrival, that um, with the aliens come over, try and say hello, and the government tries to blow them up. So <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. Okay, man. Before we wrap up this episode, man, what was your worst movie of the year? Matrix. <laughs> Resurrections. Fuck. I second that, man. You know what? <laughs> I I've attempted to watch that four times now, and I never made it to the end. It was fucking boring. I, I made it to the end. Did you? But I was like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? I mean, the the storyline itself, okay, so Matrix 4, Trinity and Neo are back. <laughs> They're basically back. So what uh, What I'm getting is, um, so in some way, the, um, the harvest, like the people can't, Oh, shit, how did he explain it? It was so fucked up, I couldn't understand it myself. But apparently they can't live without conflict or something like that. But And Trinity and Neo are the key for the harvest to stay neutral so they can, you know, the machines can get as much as energy they like. But because of the, the, the last Matrix where Neo went over to the city, some of the machines saw that as respect. So now there's a conflict between the machines. They're fighting against each other. I don't know if you remember the little Indian girl that was in the train station. She's older now. The Indian girl's a lot older and she's trying to help the humans, you know, win the war against uh, machines that don't want to cooperate or live with the humans. They just want to bring... It's, it's quite weird. So the machines now are helping the humans. So they're giving some of their technology to the future Zion. I forgot the name of the, of the place. <laughs> That's how bad the movie was. But like the, the plot, you know, the storyline was like, Oh, yeah, it was all right. I kind of get it, but... Nah, it sucked. It shouldn't have been done. You know, the way you explained it to me, it feels like it's a better movie than a follower. No, yeah, because... Mm. I, those are interesting concepts. 
Yeah, it is. It's, there's some interesting co- concepts in that movie. It's just the way it was done. It sucks. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, no. I was probably too bored to get to those parts. But, I mean, I was so bored, man. Like I said, man, it took me... F- I don't think I'll I'll have a fifth time, fifth attempt at this movie. Nah, I don't think it's... <laughs> it's not even worth watching it on TV. Yeah. I want to I watch that at the cinemas. Fuck off. Sweet, bro. Sweet. So, so I'm looking forward to uh, 1st of January when Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out. I yeah. Really, I really want to go watch that at the movies, so I'll probably jump on that on Saturday. What about you? Yeah, I might check out Dune first at the movies and then, yeah, see what's up with Ghostbusters. What else is coming out? Well, we got we got next Boba Fett to come out next week, so looking yeah. forward to that as well. Is but it the Mandalorian coming out as well, or was that later year? on? Later on, I think. Okay. It might be the next one after Boba Fett. Start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. All right, man. Sweet, brother. Sweet. Till next time, happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year.